welcome back. You're listening to Those Trans Guys Podcast, a podcast focused on everyday education and experiences about trans men. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Trinket and Vine. Trinket and Vine is a small pin shop based in Vancouver, BC. It is owned by two Disney and fantasy-loving women. If a fandom exists, there's a good chance they love it. Their spotlight this month is a pin called Pride Light. It's a Disney-themed pride flag, and 50% from each purchase is donated to a local LGBT charitable organization. Use my specific offer code, TRANSPOD22, for 20% off your purchase. And I would like to thank them with a big heart that they did this and sponsored my podcast. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of Those Trans Guys. This week I have a very special guest on my podcast and I've been trying to reach out to do more collabs, but this one inspired me, I'd have to say, the most out of many that I've seen. So I'd like to introduce you to Adam and I'll let him say hi. All right. Hey, how are you doing? My name is Adam Rivera, born and raised in Tampa, Florida. I'm 34 years old and I'm currently here talking to you. <laughs> awesome. So tell me kind of a little bit of a backstory about where you're from, like what you do on your spare time, that kind of thing. All right. So I was born and raised in Tampa, Florida. I'm 34 years old. Uh, I have a twin brother and we've always been athletic. My mom used to do 5Ks when she was pregnant with me and my brother. So coming out of the womb, we've been running. Uh, I've been doing triathlon since I was in fifth grade all the way up till 2012. Um, I have... Joined, I was in the military, uh, joined in 2008, been in Iraq and Afghanistan, found bombs with a tech explosive detection dog uh, in Afghanistan. And I was the quick response force in Iraq down in Saddam's palace in 2009. Uh, when I got out, I did armed security for government tra- contractor facilities. And then from there, I started doing armed security at colleges and nightclubs. And then, then I started working with celebrities like Lil Dicky, Kevin Gates, Fetty Wap. Um, from there, I didn't want to do that anymore. I re- relocated to doing private investigating, which unfortunately I didn't like doing that as much either. So I did that for about two years. And from there, I started doing tower climbing, which I was climbing up on radio towers up to 400, 500 feet up in the sky. And I did that until I got hurt. <laughs> and ever since then, I haven't I haven't done any kind of working since then. Sounds awesome. So I guess that's why I reached out to you. So I want I want to hear more about how you got hurt and your struggles you faced and, and share with everyone kind of what that looked like for you and the lows and the ups and downs and all that. All right. So it's starting off. I woke up early in the morning on Monday, October. I think it was October 18th or October 19th, whatever that Monday was. And I had to go to a chiropractor's appointment. From there, I jumped on my scooter, which it was a motor scooter, scooter, not a motorcycle. Um, I tend to say motorcycle because a lot of people think that you're talking about the scooters you, you stand on. Um, and I was on my way to work. And on my way to work, I remember blinking and opening my eyes and I was in a hospital. Uh, I had my mom, a doctor, and a nurse there. And when I opened up my eyes, it was kind of dark. And um, the the doctor asked, you know, do you know where you are? And I said, I think I'm in a hospital. He says, yes, you are in an accident or you are in a hospital. You were in a very traumatic accident. Um, so try not to move. <laughs> At that time, I had a neck brace because I broke my neck. I had um, an arm brace because I broke my elbow. Um, and then I was in a leg brace where I broke my leg and he says, what, what was happening is you were, while you were in, uh, driving or riding on your, your scooter, 
a work van cut in front of you and you slammed into the side of it. So I didn't have any road rash because I did no sliding. I literally smacked full head first into it, fractured the left side of my face, broke my neck, broke my lower back, broke my arm, broke my left leg. And as of now, I don't think I had any brain injuries, but I think that it kind of snapped me into a better person than I was before. Um, so that was the accident right there. And it was bad. <laughs> so, so then how has that changed your life if you were to, to look at it that way? I will say that it changed my life in every perspective you can think of. So a lot of times when you look at society and you're, and you're uh, talking to people, a lot of people think that they know. You know, when, when you see somebody in a wheelchair and, and they're having a hard time picking something up, somebody who is walking is like, oh, it's not that hard. Oh, it's, you know, why, you know, what you're going through isn't that as hard as you think it is or say it is. Doing that, it, it, it put me into a completely different perspective of life. Um, I tell people that my accident made me feel like I was actually possessed, not in a negative way. Um, possessed as in I actually died. Uh, technically, I did die. I had to get four blood transfusions, but I died. And the spirit that came into me is a completely different person. You know, I remember all of my habits. I remember all of my um, my vices. I remember all of my negative habits and, and my addictions and all the other stuff. But I didn't have them anymore. As if the new person was aware of everything, but it's not the same person. So I don't drink as much. I don't do drugs. I don't do anything that I used to do. Um, but it changed my perspective in a lot of areas to the point where I understand the meaning of life now because life was taken away from me. Today, you hear people complaining because it's too hot outside or they're complaining because things that that that's irrelevant. You know, why is this person driving on that side of the road? Who cares? Me waking up and breathing was as if you were to look at your bank account and see $6 million randomly just by breathing. So to be able to, to have that feeling, I kind of felt alien because I wasn't able to have conversations with people because the things that people were complaining about, I wish I was able to experience. I wish I had a car. I wish I was able to, to, to uh, the gas. I wish I was able to talk about the overtime at work. I, I couldn't do it. I literally was just fighting just to breathe. So, wow. So then what have, what have been the most challenging obstacles you've faced since this accident? Like, has it made your life harder or has it been smooth or has there been rocky points? I will say that the pain was by far the most excruciating pain I have ever dealt with in my life. But I will say that that wasn't the hardest part. I will say that everything fell down onto my mental stability. Um, the first three months after my accident, it was, it was hard, but I was at peace. You know, I was, I was, you know, like, okay, cool. I don't have work. I don't have this. I don't have this. All right, cool. The only thing I have to worry about is taking the 45 minute trip to use the bathroom <laughs> and the 45 minute trip to come back from the bathroom that was 10 feet away. That was all I had to worry about. Um, but it was, I didn't shed a tear though, until the day they told me my neck was broken. And that was about three months later. And they said that you need to get into, you need to get surgery ASAP. Um, that is where 
the reality actually hit of, wow, this is real. Um, the only way, the better way, that the best way that I can tell you this perspective is, have you ever watched a scary movie and everybody's out partying and laughing and everything else? Somebody takes a drink and the next scene, immediately they're in a room chained on a on a table in a in a in in a basement and you know the first thing that comes on is what's going on what's going on and then reality hits them and they're like i'm really stuck down here i am really i have nowhere to go i i have nobody to ask for help and when i found out my neck was uh was broken that's where i was like oh my god this is this is real like i've done, used to do triathlons i've climbed every mountain in hawaii i've swam with sharks i've jumped out of planes i've been done protection work and now i i may not even be able to stand up and for about two weeks i went into the deepest depression i have ever been into my life to the point where i actually i wasn't suicidal but i did not want did not know that i did not want to live the rest of my life as the way that the doctor said i may possibly live my life and I went deeper and deeper and deeper in hell. Every single day was just leave me alone. Don't talk to me. And it just got darker and darker and darker. But the greatest thing about the things that I saw is that once my positivity came in and I was able to not accept what the doctors were telling me, I was able to flip it around. And instead of being the main character in a horror flick, I was a director of a, of a phenomenal flick. And with the doctors, it got to the point where they're like, you know what, be prepared to never get out of, of a wheelchair. Be prepared that if you do get out of a wheelchair, you will always need assistance. Be prepared to never be able to work again and everything else. And the only thing I could do is remind myself who I am. You've overcome war, both Iraq and Afghanistan. You've overcome, you know, death. You've overcome losing your children. You've overcome all these things. Don't allow somebody who's not in your shoes to tell you what you can't do. How do you get the strength to get out of bed if you never get out of bed? And so to this day, the doctors, they don't like to talk to me because I tell them things that they don't want to hear. But that's also a great thing about this accident is because it told it taught me a lot about people. People will be quick to throw doubts at you. People are so quick to throw judgment at you. You can't do this. You shouldn't do this. You, 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 you know, stop doing this. And they want to do that. But the reasoning why is because y'all are putting y'all's insecurities in, into, into the other people. You know, you're telling me that I may never be able to walk because if you were in my shoes, you wouldn't be able to walk. You know, you, you know, and it comes with 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 a lot of things in life, you know, when it comes to hard work, when it comes to making changes that a lot of people around you haven't done. And. And all you're doing is putting throwing fears that you have into other people. And so I learned a lot. It changed my perspectives on how I see things. It changed my perspective on how I feel things. And I just grew an understanding. And now I've, the accident, people tell me all the time, oh my God, I'm so sorry that you went through that. I, you know, I, I, I hate that you went through that. And that was a blessing. I needed that pain. Yeah, it sucked. But when you go to the gym, five pounds isn't nothing. So what do you have to do? You have to add five pounds. And now 10 pounds ain't nothing. Now, what do you do? You have to add the more pounds. Struggle makes strength. So, yeah, it sucks that I had to go through it. But going through it is what allowed me to get to where I am today. And so that's that's the phenomenal thing that I was able to experience with such something so tragic. And now I embrace life. I embrace 
sharing life. I embrace helping people find life. And so, yeah. See, that is what inspired me to ask you to be on my podcast because that's exactly how I felt in a different way. I hid myself for like 20 years because I was shaping into someone that I wasn't. I was living my life through someone else's eyes and being someone that I wasn't until I put my foot down and said, no, that is not who I am. I knew at birth that something was wrong, but mm -hmm. yet I was in this conservative private family who said, this is you, but that was not me. That, that was me, not this. And so years later, my mom said, I get it. You wanted to wear a, a suit to grad and your hair was short and you wore your brother's clothes because that's who you were. And I'm sorry that I missed that. I'm like, you don't have to apologize for that. I also didn't have a voice to speak up and say, this is who I am because I didn't know how to. And I also felt like the power was taken away from me for many, many situations and years and experiences because I was living through their eyes because that's who I believed that I was. And I was, it was suppressed for like 20 years. So when I finally had the courage to look my mom in the eye and say, mm, that's not who I am. And I vocalized that to both parents, no matter what their reaction was, good and bad, emotional, whatever they were feeling, I was prepared for it all. I went forward by myself to get the very first injection. And I didn't look back after that. And, and I didn't care. I didn't care because that was my life. And that's what I wanted. And I was going through with it. And now I have one question for you. Didn't you feel powerful the moment that you were able to do that? You, Absolutely. You never know how bad you feel until you start to feel good. And the moment you start feeling good, there's no turning back. You can't go back to who you were prior. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, once you did, you know, you you took that change or took that that um, you were able to to make that decision and go this direction. No matter how much you love somebody, no matter how much somebody inspires you, no, ma no matter who they are, it will never change who you are. And it feels good. It feel, And the only thing you, you want to do from that is help others feel the same way. Oh, exactly. See, my, like oh, even, my, my father tells me that a, that a traumatic event is is usually what it takes for people to understand. And right now people are so it, it, like just just stuck in social media and stuck in society and well a man should be like this and a woman should be like this and you're 30 years old you should be doing this and and people have lost touch of who they are and the reasoning why there's so much hatred going on there's the reason why there's so much negativity and so much drama and and with that is because nobody knows who they are you found who you are and now you're happy you know there are struggles with life but there's always going to be struggles, no matter who you are. So you might as well to be the best version of yourself. And that is what I learned from this accident. I, to this day, have people tell me, there's no way you were in this accident 10 months ago. There's no way. What? And I'm like, and, and, I, and people would tell me, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And I'm like, how can you sit here and tell somebody who's actually experienced it that they're exaggerating their accident? No, what it is, is you don't know the strength within yourself and me actually doing it is making you feel weak. And that's all it is. When, when people are doing things that's be better for themselves, now it takes away the excuse that these people have.
Mm-hmm. And 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 what people don't understand too is just like your story as well. You want to help people. You want to spread that. Why is everybody else so quick to want to throw their judgment and their negativity and everything else to stop you from doing that because they know that in their head they can't do it. People may may have told, I'm pretty sure you've heard this plenty of times. Stop showing off. Oh, you're doing too much and you're doing this. I get that all the time. And and I tell people all the time, I'm not showing off. The only thing that I'm doing is showing you that it can happen. It's possible. And so, yeah. It's true. And and so when I went to that first injection and I had the biggest smile on my face, I still have that photo. And that was the most genuine, real smile that I will probably, I, I can't forget it. And I walked out of there and it was the start of it all. And then after that, the rest just was like, you know what? If you want to be in my life, great. If you don't, I don't, I'm not letting anything stop me. And then since then, I've started this podcast. I've shared my story and my journey because there's so much that people don't know about it. They think that Google knows everything. No, you have a freckle in your arm. They think it's cancer. No, that's not the case. So I'm sharing a story from my perspective and hoping that it'll help others understand because they don't know half of what we go through. They don't understand half of what we're faced with and the ins and outs. They think we're like an alien from outer space. That's not the case at all. They make it more complicated and blew it into a different perspective that is not at all what it is. I'm equally a man like you are and the next person across the street. Maybe a slight difference, of course, but the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to inspire, to share stories, to reach out, to have my voice back, which was lost for many, many, many years from different situations, from past relationships to family. And now I found a circle of friends who love me. I have a partner who's amazing, who is new in my life and has changed my life beyond belief in like the last month and a bit. Like, and that came out of nowhere after having a horrible ex in the past. So like so many people in my life are positive and so many people like me for me and see me for me and let me do this. And I've had such positive feedback coming back from this podcast. And it's like, it blows my mind. I wasn't trying to get fame out of this. I wasn't trying to get financial support. I just wanted to share my story. And what I've had already has been (laughs) incredible for this last like two years that I've done this podcast. Yes. And I'm really glad that you, you, you said it that way, because uh, like I told you before, I'm trying to get, become a a transformational coach. I'm trying to get my foot into motivational speaking. Um, I want to specifically go to juvenile detention centers. Um, I want to go to hospitals and I want to go to mental health facilities to, to help people understand different perspectives. But what I tell, tend to tell people is when you were in third grade, you thought eighth graders were adults. You thought eighth graders knew everything. And then once you got to eighth grade, you thought seniors knew everything. And then once you become a senior, you know that college graduates know everything. And then before you know it, here you are 35 years old and you start to learn that none of us know a damn thing. And the only the only thing that we can do is go off of the experiences that we do have and learn from the experiences that other people have. You know, when you start to struggle with certain areas, understand that it was just as hard for them. They may have had better uh, tools. They may have better had better motivation. They may have even had a, a different way of thinking, but they still had to do the actions. You know, some things are harder for other people, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. And 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 that's why I'm so like I was listening to your podcast earlier and I was almost in tears because everything that you're saying is true. And a lot of things that you were saying in your podcast 
I've always felt, I've always thought, I've always believed, but I've never put it, I've never incorporated it into my life for me to, to truly see it until my accident. And, and yeah, and, and like you said, it, it feels so good being able to tell your story so that others can now know I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I can do this. It is possible for me to do this. You know, I am allowed to take advice from, from family and friend. And just because I love them, I don't have to be controlled by them. You know, advice is simply that no sugar, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this. And, and no, you shouldn't do this. And in the end, it's still advice. You know, because whatever worked for you may not work for me, but there's still things that I can do as an individual that I can possibly do it, if not just the same, if not better. So, yeah. Yep. See, that's why I knew that I'd get along with you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's that's why I, I thought this guy inspires me. I have to have him on. However that looks, I just want to hear his story and to inspire someone like that's the end of the day, my goal. Right. So. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can do this all day long because the thing is, even even with this this interview, I I still haven't get got I have still have not given you all the full details. Like even even my first month, the first month of me getting out of the hospital, I was only in the hospital for a week, and even in the first month, I was walking and walking and walking, and I was complaining about my right leg, complaining about my right leg. And then one day I was getting my left leg checked out, which I don't know if I told you this, but from my knee all the way to my ankle is all titanium. I have two screws in uh, in my knee and two screws in my ankle holding my bone in together. So it's all titanium. And when I was going to get my x-ray checked, my mom's like, listen, he's been complaining about his leg for a month now. He is is four weeks. He is He's been complaining about his leg. Y'all haven't done anything about it. Can we please just get x-rays? He broke his leg. He broke his neck. He broke his back. He broke his ribs. He broke his left elbow. There's, you know, can we just check? And they put me in an x-ray only to find out that my right leg was snapped. People couldn't be, couldn't aware or they, they, they couldn't fathom the fact that, damn, he was going through all this pain and still walking on a completely snapped broken leg. And even people say started saying that's an ex- exaggeration. And and a lot of people and what people don't understand is don't accept what you're going through as as permanent. You know, even if I was to break my neck and 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 be paralyzed, that's still not who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. There's still things that I can still do with the tools that I do have, and in doing so, I guess that's why I'm here to to show people that. No matter the pain, it's not going to be it's not going to be forever. And and don't and and like you were told as a child, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words may never hurt you. Yes, words do hurt. I will say that. Only if you accept it. Oh, you're stupid. It only hurts when you accept it. Oh, you're excuse my French, if you're gay. It only hurts if you accept it in the negative connotation. If if you don't accept it, it's just a word. Just like speaking a different language. If somebody can come at me and start saying a whole bunch of things in different languages, is it going to bother me? No, because I don't even know what they're saying. I'm not even accepting what they're saying. And it's the same concept. So, yeah. So, like, this this struggle was extremely hard. But, you know, like I said at the beginning, you don't get strength until you – you don't get strength without struggle, you know? And that's just what I want to do. Your your story is a huge struggle. And I'm pretty sure there was moments that it was – beyond painful not physical 
but mainly mental. Like it's just there's a lot of pain you went through, but you you're you're still here. You know, I, I tend to remind myself like, yo, like how many times did I look back and I'm like, damn, I'll never be able to make out, get out of this, that heartbreak. I'll never be able to move on from this. Damn, I lost my job. I'm never going to be move, move on from this. And I moved on. So every single time I get to that point of, damn, I broke my legs, broke my neck, broke my back, broke my elbow. I'm never going to get out of this. Wait a minute. Remind yourself of all the times when you knew for a fact you weren't going to make out of it and you made it out. Of it. Get up, Adam. And I started walking. See? <sighs> so <laughs> that's okay no and the same for me like i had my first partner uh which was the long-term toxic made a little bit of gaslighting narcissistic all that all that fun stuff in a package for three years and i that's when i lost my voice as well and that's when i had a change of light and i seeked therapist and i said you know what i need to change my ways and i need to to find my voice again because that's what i lost so early on and i lost everything that I had once had myself, my voice, my dignity, everything, it was taken away. And one comment that still sticks with me was, it would be easier if you had a male anatomy part. So that was the most transphobic and it was very hurtful thing that is still sitting with me. So now that I found a partner who is completely opposite, a hundred percent from that, I'm not, I'm not used to it because I'm not used to being seen as someone as they are. I'm used to being seen as someone who's just not okay with it and didn't ever tell me that, but then led me on for three years. So it's a, it's a whole big cycle, but that one comment took away a lot from me. And I'm not saying it stopped me. I'm not saying it held me back. I'm just saying it, it hurt more than she probably realized. And I don't know what the context was. I can't remember now and, and what the reason was or whatever, but it made me realize now that I'm lucky to have who I have now and the people in my life who I have, because she was just one person out of the millions that clearly had an issue. But that's why I worked on myself. I found my voice. I built myself up again. And now it led me to someone great. Now it led me to people in my life who want to be around me and like me for who I am exactly without changing it and, and saying those derogatory comments. Like, like, you know, for someone who's like LGBT supportive, I do not think that for a second. So. And one thing about me is I love flipping perspectives. So, yes, it was very hard for you. And to this day, that one comment still sticks to you. But but you said one thing that that triggered this this thought process is that is why. That comment is why. It sucked. It was painful, but that was your fuel. That was your fuel. It, it literally, if it was not for that comment, you may still be in that same relationship. You know, you could, you could have, could have stayed in a lot of areas. So that comment, yeah, it hurt, but sometimes you got to touch that stove to know that it's hot. And because I touched that stove, I don't want to feel that pain again. I need to make some changes. I need to make some moves that was your fuel to go in a completely different direction. And the reason why it was hard and the reason why it was scary is because you didn't, you were going into the unknown rather than going this direction, knowing what's, what's there. You went into the unknown and that's where your strength comes from. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. I like that. <laughs> I just had to share that because I haven't actually told anyone that yet. And well, I mean, besides my therapist, but I want to tell my partner sooner than later that that's, kind of what I've been faced with. I don't want to always bring up my ex because it's in the past and and 
we've been very open about our pasts and our situations and her struggles. And we've come so far already that I'm not going to not tell her. I just haven't told her yet, but it's, it's a hard thing to bring up because I've already shared a lot of personal past trauma with my life and my childhood and, and things that I don't just tell everyone. I've, I've realized that it's okay to be a little bit private sometimes mm-hmm. because a lot of the time I wear my heart on my sleeve and it gets used against me and that's fine. That's just who I am. But she likes that I am that vulnerable and she likes that I'm um, that sensitive and caring person. You're yeah. real. Yeah. You, you, that That's the reason why she likes you because you're pure. And unfortunately, like you said, you know, you wear your heart on your sleeve. I wear my heart on my sleeve too. Um, and I can say a lot of personal things as well that I've been through because of things that I've expressed to people, but that's just who I am. And a lot of people tend to use things like that to hurt you because they, they're not in control of themselves. You never see somebody who, who's, who actually has control intentionally try to hurt people unless they feel that they're trying to, to cover up something. And that's why you found somebody so amazing because you started becoming who you are, the real you. And now you found somebody who is really them and accepts you for being you. You are you, they are them, and you're able to share it together rather than trying to manipulate and manipulate and manipulate for my pleasure. That's yeah. exactly it. <laughs> yeah, so it's <laughs> it's good. And I'm the happiest I've been in a very long time. And it's just a really good feeling. And it's a very good feeling to also know that I'm helping people and sharing my story, but also at the end of the day, looking at how far I've come in these last like seven years and and realizing that if I hadn't done anything about it, I would be not who I am today. And the experiences and the situations and the people I've met and and everything that's come together and to make it what it was, it just, it goes to show me that to take those steps was the best thing I ever did. And to not look back at what was saying no, because that wasn't real. And that, that didn't know who I was. I knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm just happy to be where I am today and, and to do that. So it makes the whole world a better place in my opinion. Yes. So even if you change one person's life, you change somebody's entire world. Exactly. Oh, yes. Well, I will let you know, like right now, that I am beyond thankful for you being as real and as pure as you are, because conversations like this is what fills me up, because I know who I am, but there's something about seeing other people successfully become who they are that just, just, that's my fuel. It feels so good to see people be happy because I'm I'm currently I just got a divorce um not too long ago and the reasoning why is because I was toxically positive and I'm like why I'm like if I'm like everybody in this world wants to be happy everybody wants to be happy I said all of my positivity is specifically just advice if you don't want to take it then be miserable but you can't get mad at me for not getting mad at things that you get mad at you know you can't get mad at me for being completely comfortable with being uncomfortable you can't get and I was toxically positive. And I told her, like, my world is full of positivity. And if my if my positivity is poison to you, then you got to get off my planet. I want to I want my world just like how you want to, you know, change other people's worlds. I want my world to be filled with love. I want my 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 world to be filled with happiness and, and get away from everything else, because how can 
to this world, Earth, be better if we don't have people like you to show us how it can be done. It's possible to be done. You know, happiness is 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 an action. It's an intentional action. You found it. But also, but also, you found it too, and that, that's why we're different, but the same at the same time. We both went through struggles and and situations and life and death kind of things, but where it flashed before our eyes, and but we changed it for the better for us. Yep. And that's why I wanted to talk to you, and why I wanted to have you on because similar but different in a way, and that's what makes it beautiful. And that's why I said I need to have him on there because. We can help each other and also help others to hear different perspectives, but similar perspectives. I love it. Uh, Because if you think about it, that's the definition of life. Me and you can go through the same exact thing, but our perspectives may turn it into something completely different. You know, and that's the great thing that even though you may not have gone through being physically broken completely and I may not have went through any kind of changes or anything else, we still on the inside are the same person because oh, oh i can do this all day <laughs> <laughs> i knew we'd get along well you know oh yeah i could do this all day see well it doesn't have to be the end we can always have another episode you know so we can do it whenever you want <laughs> absolutely but I, I think i just i was really glad and thankful that you came on and, and you were able to share what you did and i'd like to know more when you're ready to and when you're willing to and and I'd like to do an ep- another episode when there's more time where we can just, you can get into it more if you'd like or share other stuff, like whatever you're comfortable with. So, but I'm happy with today and I'm happy with you sharing what you did and me allowing to share a bit more about myself too and what I've faced. And and I've really, I appreciate it a lot and I appreciate you. And so I, I, I would like to do it again and do a part two if possible. So I'm definitely ready whenever you are. Perfect. Well, I just want to thank Adam for being on today. And I really look forward to doing another one with him. And I hope that he feels the same. I do. Thanks again.